With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. After 15 years in the Saints and 20 years in the NFL, our dad is finally going to retire. So we can spend more time with us. Yay! The announcement came Sunday, 15 years to the day after Drew Brees signed his first contract with the Saints. After the Dolphins said, no, thank you, we'll take Dante Culpepper and a wrecked knee and give up a second-round pick instead. Sorry, Dolphins fans, but it's true. Drew Brees announces his retirement from the National Football League, Chris. And when you look at the schedule, the timeline, the calendar, right, Yesterday was really the last day he could let the Saints know because the Saints have to get down to the business of filling out a quarterback depth chart. And if they're going to keep Jameis Winston, they got to get on it because as of noon Eastern today, he can officially negotiate a contract with another team. So it worked out perfectly. Maybe in hindsight, we should have known all along. That's when Drew was going to do it. That's what he did. Had a lengthy uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, one of those three posts with the explanation as to why he was doing it as expected he retires after all those years in the nfl was drafted by the Chargers in the second round 20 years ago and now walking away from football as one of the best quarterbacks of all time i mean absolute legend that's all you can really say when you talk about drew Brees, you just talk about like that consistency of perfection i mean unbelievable career a guy who like you know always kind of uh, outperformed what you expected him. Like you always talk about guys who like get the most out of their God-given abilities. Like to me, that's where Drew Brees. He's like the poster child. Is one of those guys. Work ethic, work in the classroom, perfection in the in the way he throws the football, so he can be the most accurate guy ever. The quick decisions and everything he studied, all those ways. I mean, you're right. First ballot Hall of Famer, uh, great guy, and really, you know, again. Um, just, just really the, one of the all time legends of our sports. And I also think more than that, the poster child for like smaller quarterbacks. I mean, that's another thing that when I think of Drew Brees, I'll be, he's one of the, 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 the barrier breakers of that discussion. Oh, if you're not six, three or six, four and you know, built with big square shoulders and can't stand in there and throw rifles down the field, you can't be good in the NFL. Drew Brees is one of the first people in our league to kind of say, no, there's other ways to do this. Let me show you how. And that's where he's really special. Think back to 2001. The Chargers held the first overall pick in the draft. They did the unexpected trade with the Falcons, allowing Atlanta to jump up and take Michael Vick. Right. The Chargers dropped down to five, I believe it was, where they picked up LaDainian Tomlinson from TCU, Hall of Famer, round two, Drew Brees Hall of Famer, although not with the Chargers, because three years later, the Chargers decided to go for the taller, more prototypical Philip Rivers. And it wasn't long after that that Brees left as an unrestricted free agent. And of course, the rest is history. He wasn't bad by any means when he was with the Chargers. No, but no one expected him to become what he became. If so, 
the Dolphins would have rolled the dice on a guy who had 20-plus studs in his shoulder that was injured in his final game in San Diego, and they wouldn't have sent a second-round pick to Minnesota for Dante Culpepper, and who knows, maybe Nick Saban would have stayed in Miami a few years longer than he did if he had had Drew Brees. But part of it, too, is Saban and Brees maybe wouldn't have been the same magic as Peyton and Brees, and it worked, and it worked as well as any quarterback-coach combination ever has for all those years. Chris, and you mentioned the work ethic. That's why I think it was plausible he was going to come back because of the work ethic, because of the brain, because, you know, oh, well, you don't have the arm strength. Well, how much arm strength did he ever have? He yeah. still could run the offense if he wanted to. That's why when it started to look like he was thinking about coming back, we took it seriously because if he wanted to keep playing, he could keep playing. Well, yeah, he's one of those guys, first off, that you just go, well, I'm not going to doubt him. You know, I'm not going to doubt that aspect of him. He's, you know, you know, continually proved us all wrong whether it's back to those days coming out of the draft doing what he did after he left the Chargers and going to the Saints and all those type of things and yes it's not like the play was like oh my gosh it's so bad he's got to retire but at the same point I will say it's not the Drew Brees we saw three four five years ago the last two years and it was getting towards that you know tipping point but either way I mean what Drew Brees Sean Payton have done in the NFL I mean, we, we've never seen just a quarterback, you know, quarterback, offensive coordinator, head coach combination with just that much offensive explosive, you know, explosiveness, the consistency week after week, you know, the able to be surgical no matter what defense you put in front of them. That to me is where that marriage is really special. And then Sean Payton just being able to be that mad scientist like you're talking about. More plays, more this, more ideas, shifts, formations, all of that. Drew Brees could always handle it and then also save the offense when Sean Payton's offense wasn't there to be had and saved that way too. So really an amazing career. It really is. And, and you're right, Mike. I mean, yeah, he could have probably came back and played. But I'm glad. I'm glad because I, I honestly I think it was time and I think he's had an unreal career and now we can celebrate it. You were teetering toward explosivity there at one point. I Let was. I tell you, that would have been okay. That I know. Okay, it would it not have been a Didn't roll off my tongue the way, and I was like, wait, maybe that wasn't right. So I kind of went, I went to the explosiveness, yes. <laughs> Today, we have an excuse, though. This time change to deviate, as we said and say, good morning, it's PFT Live. It's darker out than it had been. And I had stress dreams all night long that I overslept and it was all mashed up into this weird narrative where I did wake up late and I was doing the 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 the, the, the show and what I sleep in because I had to run up here actually the camera was in my bedroom you know all the weird stuff you yes, have when your right. brain mashes together sure. but it was all from the time change what we were spoiled by the fact that it was actually daylight when the show began, and now we have to wait a month or two until it's daylight again. First world problems, I know. But, man, I hate that every year. Oh, it hurt. It hurt waking up today, forward. right? I mean, I don't know what it was. today. It didn't hit me yesterday as much as it did today where it just was like, whoa, it's time to get up? Excuse me. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. I was in the deepest sleep ever. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm awake now. But you're right. A little foggier here getting going this morning maybe compared to other mornings. Well, and today's a day that'll snap us out of it quickly. Beyond the Drew Brees situation, we'll Action. talk about that more. Yeah. Free agency begins as a practical matter in just about five hours because that's when players can officially begin fielding offers from teams and striking deals. The teams just can't announce them. They're not done until Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, but for all practical purposes, they are done. As to Brees, though, uh, I look, first ballot Hall of Famer, that's a no-brainer. Where he fits in the pantheon of all-time greats, it's going to be sub subject to dispute. Yeah. I, I, I probably put him higher than you would. Right. There are a lot of great quarterbacks that have played over the years. His records, his moments, the things he's done just by way of compiling statistics like few ever have. Yeah. And really, but for Tom Brady, he'd be walking away with all the records right now. Breeze has been incredible. He broke that Dan Marino record that doesn't even show up on the screen of no. the top six single-season performances. 50-84 was the record from 1984 until 2011. Think about it with the proliferation of the passing game. And then it was Breeze, 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 and you see Peyton Manning and Tom Brady on there as well. 5,000 used to be largely unprecedented. 
it's become somewhat routine. And Breeze is the guy who shows up with more 5,000-yard seasons than anyone else. And he really did compile statistics and achievements like no one else. He has the Super Bowl win. I know it, it tormented him to not get a second one. And that was another thing that may have caused him to think about giving it one more yeah, run sure. after seeing what Tom Brady did this year. But one one is good enough. Fran Targanen, Dan Marino, Dan Fouts will tell you one is good enough, Drew. You didn't need a second one, and he's getting into Canton with the accomplishments, even without the Super Bowl right. ch championship. But at least they got that, and it came at a perfect time, three years after the rebirth of New Orleans, three years after his arrival in New Orleans, and then they spent the next decade or so trying to duplicate it. And, and we're still contenders most of the time. There were some seasons where they were hovering just, just under 500 and the right. offense was still great. It was the defense was abysmal. There's never been a question with the offense in new Orleans, not since breeze arrived. No, it's been, he's been, I mean, they've really been relevant ever since breeze and Sean Payton have been there. You're right. I mean, yeah, there was a little, of course the, the bounty gate in those years that threw them off kilter a little bit. And they weren't maybe the same quality football team. But as soon as, like, that got, you know, that ship got righted there, it was okay, wow, and they made some second run here. You know, like you said, disappointing they never got to a Super Bowl or won another one. Yeah, sure, certainly. Uh, they were one of the better teams in football. But regardless, you go through the 2000s there, you know, from 2006 to 2010, you know, it, it was the Saints, watch out. Ooh, if they get in the playoffs – they can make a run. And then, yes, we went through that time period. But, man, what a run, really, the last five, six years to go along with it. And the numbers are they're mind-boggling. They're mind-boggling. All the yards, the touchdowns. And, of course, he will forever be known for Mr. Completion Percentage, too. And that's the, the biggest thing, just the efficiency in which he moved the ball, kept his offense in great situations, did all of those things. Uh, that's what I'm always going to remember Drew Brees. And despite like, you know, that narrative that you said, like, oh, you know, he never had a big arm and all that. You know, when you go back and watch Drew Brees highlights, though, I mean, the physical ability is real. That That's one thing like it's we're we're talking phenomenal athlete. We're talking he could have played professional tennis and, and really probably made waves there. Right. I mean, uh, and then you talk about his athleticism within the pocket, but the, even the arm. Yeah, okay, maybe it's not one of the great arms of all time. But I know when I go back and watch old highlights of him, I still go, damn, his arm is better than we gave it credit for. Or we give it credit for right now at this point of his career. In his prime, he can make every throw you needed for sure. And he was a great athlete. And you know, between that, the yards, the completion percentage, you know, he's the guy that everybody looked at to be like, for the quarterback world, let me watch Drew Brees to get my technique in order. That's really what he was. And even for coaches, it was like, let's show Drew Brees film to our young quarterback. Look how he keeps his base. Look where he keeps his shoulders. Look how he keeps the placement of the football. Look how he goes through the reads. And with each read, his feet marry his brain and his eyes and where they go. And he really became like the teaching tool for that, that you know, aspect of playing the quarterback position. And that, to me, is part of his legacy as well, Mike. It really is amazing when you think about those 5,000-yard seasons, which have become not quite commonplace. You're throwing an extra game, most likely starting this year, and they will be more common. When Breeze under the NFL, the only 5,000-yard season was Dan Marino, 50-84 from 1984, a record that held through the constant growth of the passing game. Right. Since then, since Breeze's arrival, he's got it five times. Now, other quarterbacks have done it. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Jameis Winston, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford. No one else has done it more than once. Marino only did it once. Breeze did it five times, and it was 2011. That was the year that he obliterated the record with 54-76, and then Peyton Manning by one yard topped him two years later in Denver. But uh, just amazing, and maybe just a matter of time until somebody gets to 6,000 yards, again, with that 17th game. Right. That's going to give somebody a shot to do it. But Breeze showing that production in the passing game at an obscene level was a possibility he made it into a reality and you think about where that Saints team was and you know revisionist history comes into play because once we get a narrative that we can wrap our arms around we forget how things were 2004 yeah. 2005 pre-Katrina right. Tom Benson was looking for an excuse to move that team to San Antonio right 
And in the immediate aftermath of Katrina, uh, the NFL made it clear to Benson that team's not going anywhere. Yeah. And the NFL and the Saints became an integral part of the rebirth of New Orleans. And Definitely. It all culminated on that Monday night game, the U2 and Green Day concert ahead of time. And then the Steve Gleason block punt in New Orleans was back. And, right. You know, it went from a team that was – just kind of hanging around. They'd have a kind of accidental Every playoff year appearance there. from time yeah, to right, time. Right. Yeah. And then ever since then, 2006, they went to the NFC Championship game. I mean, I, I can't think of a team that had more of an abrupt, holy crap, from, you know, not bottom of the pack, but bottom third yeah, to definitely. top third. And and it never, and that, that was it. No. You're right. They've been the same ever since. Been a staple of the NFL ever since. I think you're right, Mike. That's that's really part of his legacy too. The fact that he is like, you know, the king the king of, of New Orleans, really in, in that aspect. You know, I think we all we always used to think of like Archie Manning, right? I think he was the guy I thought of really, you know, as far as a, a professional sports player when you when associated with New Orleans. And that, that's not, of course, the aspect anymore. Like Zion Williamson, first pick of the draft two years ago. Well, hey, you're here to what? You know, take over for King Breeze to be the new guy here in town. He is like a staple of the NFL with what him and Sean Payton did with the Saints. But, of course, yeah, he's truly the crown jewel of athletes in that city. And, you know, what I, I also find cool, like, you, you know, we talk about a Super Bowl, right? Super Bowl's like unreal story. It was a game, you know, really. Oh, they they're not going to beat the Colts and Peyton Manning and you know, even within that beats Brett Favre, you know, son, you know, uh, a guy that's native to that area and then of course beats one of the kings or the princes of of New Orleans and Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl and has that victory. But amazing career. And you're right, Mike, that's another thing. It was a team that occasionally popped off in the playoff conversation. Once every six, seven, eight, nine years, something like that. And they become one of the consistent powerhouses in, of football ever since Drew Brees got there. That's, that's pretty damn special. And that playoff run started by sending Kurt Warner into retirement, too. Right. So three great quarterbacks that right. Brees had to take down to climb the mountain. And, uh, yeah, that, that Super Bowl forty four very memorable. Had the surprise onside kick, something that we'll likely never see again in a big spot because they're so hard to recover now. But so many different things that culminated in that Super Bowl championship, and and I, you know, I, I and it felt like a team that that was every team that wins a Super Bowl feels like it's going to be back again. But but they really did feel like they had everything that they needed, uh, but the next year they, they didn't win the division. They had to go on the road to Seattle to face a team that had four fewer wins, and that was where it all ended. They didn't even get past the wild card round the second year, and then came the bounty scandal, and and that was the, the, the dark years when the defense was abysmal. They were recovering from that, but then they came back strong 2017, 18, 19, 20. They had 49 wins in four seasons. First team to have that many wins and not get back to a Super Bowl, and it's a shame that the that the final chapters of Drew Brees' career consisted of so many of these rip the heart out yeah, right. and look at it moments. And you know, whether it was the Minneapolis miracle, whether it was the defensive pass interference debacle against the Rams, the, the exit in overtime at home against the Vikings with the touchdown from Kyle Rudolph right. that had a more than a little bit of a shovey, yeah, right. shovey, shovey there. And, uh, the, you know, because they, they could have, it felt like they this were year, on, they were destined to get back to 10, again. 10, they're driving. Yeah. I mean, it's 20 to 10, they're driving. You're going, the, the Bucks are, they're in trouble. They're, it's, it's over if they go down. You, you, you had that feel. You kind of felt like the Saints were in like, hill Breeze in the offense, got it going. There's Jared Cook over the middle. And you're thinking, whoa. And then, you know, he forgets, I don't know, Antoine Winfield's covering him. And, and, then, and then there's that fumble and the game wasn't the same. So you're right, Mike. I mean, at the end of his career, that's what we're going to remember, that aspect. Uh, but we can't forget the aspect of, I mean, he dealt a lot of teams' heartbreaking losses throughout his career, too. But it's, it is. It's crazy. You know, you, like you've said, the Saints were one of the two or three best teams in football the last few years, and it's just been one heartbreak after another. That does stink for Drew Brees as far as his legacy and those conversations. I'd love to know 
over the ensuing weeks since that game because that that, that I, you know, when you think back on that moment, it was Cook catches the ball, he crosses the 50, they're You're up going, 10, they're going to yeah. be up 13, they're going to be up 17. Antoine Winfield rips the ball out, and Devin White scoops it up, and, and everything changed everything in that moment. Everything changed, right. I'd love to know the answer to the question of how much, and, and not, that, not that I take any pleasure in the torment that Drew Brees had to be feeling, but how much was he legitimately thinking about giving it another go because of the way it ended versus just, you know, the, the natural closure. There's no rush for me to announce this. Let me just take my time. Right. Let, me, let, me, let, me just, let me just ease my way out of this. And hey, hey, how about the 15th anniversary of the day I signed? Let's just do it then. You know, let me push this off as long as I can versus I really want to come back. I really think that one more run may be the one. And I don't want to spend the rest of my life thinking, man, I could have come back for one more year and we could have finally punched through and got Super Bowl number two. And I'll never know now if that one more year would have been the one. Well, that's where I, like, that's where I was going to ask you, right? Because that, that's one of the things is, you know, you, you see this news yesterday, you start to talk about it, you know, or, or think about what you're going to talk about and, and, the, and those type of things. Do you think over the last few weeks he was kind of sitting back, still pondering, playing, maybe waiting to hear – you know, if there was clamoring from the fans in New Orleans and maybe the, the organization would publicly say something about bringing him back, do you think he was kind of waiting for some sort of sign or signals just to, to leave the door open? Because, you know, like we've talked about, the things we've heard Sean Payton say, you know, yes, the Saints kind of said all the right things, but I never, I don't think either one of us got the feeling that it was like, oh, we want you back, we want you back, we want you back. Do you think he was kind of waiting for that and still toying around with that idea, you know, here the last few weeks? I think if he was waiting for anything, and this is, as you would say, reading between the tea leaves of everything we've seen and heard and witnessed over the course of the past year, the one thing you would wait for is a phone call from Sean Payton yeah. saying, I went back and I looked at the film. I think you still got it. Let's do it. Because right. the messages from Payton have been as clear as they can be without really? him Pretty flat out saying it. He's been ready to move on. He was the one who let the cat out of the bag last year that it's going to be Drew's last year. And right. then he had to correct himself when Drew said, ho, 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 I haven't said anything about it being my last year. And then in the immediate aftermath of the loss to the Buccaneers, Sean Payton's asked by reporters whether or not Breeze is done. The report that day from Jake Laser that it was going to be Drew's last game right. if they'd lost, obviously. And Peyton says that's an announcement for a different press conference. Well, you don't have a press conference to say you're coming back. So, uh, and it'll be interesting to see if they have a press conference uh, at all. There wasn't one yesterday. Maybe there'll be one this week. The Saints are otherwise going to be occupied trying to get some things done. Maybe they'll have a press conference at some point. It's hard to do the traditional old school press conference in the pandemic. Yeah, right now. But you just have to, you have to wonder. You have to wonder. You know, we did our our. Oprah interviews last week. The yeah. people we'd like to see sit down with Oprah. Sean Payton and Drew Brees, get them in a room together, have a couple drinks, get, right. get the tongue loosened up a little bit and find out exactly what went down the course of the last year. Wouldn't surprise me if Brees felt like Sean was ready to move on. And that's his prerogative. He's the coach of the team. Sure. But I think I think from our perspective, we thought he was ready to move on. From Drew's perspective, that may have been a big part of it. He may have thought that Sean was ready to move on. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would hard. It would be hard to believe that he wouldn't receive, you know, those signals, right? I mean, uh, you know, Drew Brees is smart enough that if we're, if we're kind of seeing those signals, I would think he would too, to a degree. But yeah, he wasn't going to be forced into a corner totally, I guess, throughout this process and just be like told what to do. He kind of made things wait, you know, made made us all wait, made the Saints sweat it out a little bit to a degree, and. You know, the, the other thing I'll say, too, even to that, like, right, because, you know, yeah, we had fun with that last week with the Oprah draft, and we'd want to see that. But, I mean, hey, it, what what quarterback-coach combination really ends that well right in the, like, right aftermath, right? I right. mean, gosh, right. we can look at them all. Bill Walsh, Joe Chris, Montana. Chris, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I, mean, I got the best one for you. I Tom Brady and Bill you. Belichick. No, no, <laughs> right. better than that. Right. Better than that. Hits closer to home. Who's Peyton's mentor? Who's his mentor? It's Bill Parcells. Yeah, right. Was, was it was it a positive 
separation? Did it go the way your dad wanted it to go? That's right. When it ended? No. Between Parcells and Phil Sims? No. Well, no. Parcells was gone, but it was, you know, ended up being Dan oh, Reed. Well, but either way. Never mind. But it, no. Don't, don't, don't. Don't don't facts don't let the facts get into your great story narrative. <laughs> don't. It was a great one. Forget about truth. Forget about reality. None of that matters. Haven't we learned anything over the last five years, folks? It doesn't matter what actually happened. But that's what matters I mean, is is it a good story? It's a real thing. It's a real. I mean, you're right. It's just you know again, it's quarterbacks, coaches. Okay, it never ends quite like perfectly. It's not storybook. There's very few in the history of the NFL. And yeah, okay, they're they're probably a little bit whatever, but they'll they'll mend it together, and then they're gonna realize what a special run they had. There's a great competitors, you know, and you're telling one competitor or giving signals like, hey, you you can't, you know, we we don't know if we want you all the time, and he's like, what? Well, what are you crazy? I I could still play, and you know, of course they butt heads that way. So I, I don't think it's gonna be anything of like a problem going into the future. But a lot of these end this way. How could I forget that great passing of the baton from Bill Parcells to Ray Handley? I know. How, in the How world? could you have forgot Shame that? Shame on me. Uh, <laughs> just like Richie Pettibone, blink and you missed the entire tenure of the the, the bridge after the, the great Hall of Fame coach. Um, all right, so where do the Saints go from here at quarterback? Now, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that within an hour, right. maybe a half hour after Drew Brees Posting his farewell video, we get word of this Taysom Hill restructuring. Huge contract. Huge. Gigantic. Didn't you hear? They're paying Taysom Hill four years, $140 million. There's just one caveat. It's all fake. Other than that, it is one hell of a contract. The details are great, as Shefty said. Oh, by the way, it's all fake. It's all phony. They could have picked any number they wanted. They could have grabbed it out of the air or pulled it out of any other orifice, and I think they did. The numbers are phony. The whole idea was to add four years to the current one year. More and more teams are doing this, where you're putting these voidable fake years on the back end so you can spread out salary cap dollars even more. So you got a guy who's under contract for one more year. You add four voidable years, you make it $140 million on the four years. Coincidentally or not, $35 million a year. That's what Russell Wilson makes. Those numbers are never going to be paid. It's just to take the money that Taysom Hill is going to make this year, spread it out, create $7.75 million in cap space. But the key is this. Yeah. They're paying him all the money now. They're going to they, – so he's, the, he's on the team. I'm not saying he's the guy. He's right. on the team. Right. It makes it far less likely Russell Wilson's coming to town and far less likely they would do a trade of Taysom Hill as part of a Russell Wilson package because when you when you pay that money out, when you convert it to a guarantee, you, you set yourself up for a major cap charge if you would trade him. So regardless of whether or not he's the starter, his his name on the depth chart has gone from pencil to pen. Hill is on there. The question is, who else is going to be on there? Well, here and here's the here's the thing I want to ask you first before we even dive into that. So, next year, right? Just so I got this right, it's it's a team option, basically. No, no, it all voids. It all voids. It all voids. All voids. The the only question okay. is this. Right. And as of last night, this was unresolved. There, there's there's a little devil lurking in the details as to when the years void. The agents try to avoid the years after the franchise tag deadline. That's what happened with Dak Prescott's deal. The team would probably prefer to avoid it before the franchise tag deadline so they'd still have the option to use the tag. But those four years are going to go away at some point before the start of the 2022 league year, and he'll become a free agent a year from today, whatever today specifically is when the free agency period starts in 2022. So it's a one-year deal. Now, they could always extend it. Yeah, right. But uh, truly extend it, not phony extend it. Right. But but this was all about reducing cap space. The two things, I said, I asked somebody, well, what's Taysom Hill get out of this? Two things. He gets all of his money fully guaranteed. Right. Not that there was any doubt. And he creates cap space that allows the Saints to have a better team around him. Right, exactly That's it. right. Yeah. But, but, but you can also look at it and say, he creates cap space that they can give to Jameis Winston, who will come in and compete with him, too. Well, yeah, maybe. maybe. There, there's no doubt about that. But I still think, you know, when the position Taysom Hill's in right now, too, this, this is the best option he's got. And 
you know, for the sake of this conversation, and we're talking about the Saints and what goes on there. I mean, I, I would be shocked if Taysom Hill's not the starting quarterback, or at least the starting quarterback going into training camp and going to get every opportunity to be that guy. It's been too many years now. It, what are we going into here? Year four of you know gushiness about Taysom Hill and what he can maybe do with this offense. I mean, this is Sean. I mean, I think this is the reason. Maybe we we felt like Sean Payton was pushing Drew Brees out the door a little bit. We we have heard that this is his toy. This is his, his new little experiment on this side of the ball. Let alone Taysom Hill does have an interesting skill set. I mean, it's legit. His arm is really powerful and explosive. You know, his ability to run is is special. It's up there with anybody in the NFL when it just comes to tucking the ball and running. So I would think he is the guy. There's no doubt. But you're right. There's going to be somebody else to go along with it, whether that's a Jameis Winston or, uh, I, I don't know, a Tyrod Taylor, somebody else that at least is a somewhat of a proven commodity and played enough football in the NFL because the Saints, even though they've had to let go of a lot of players, I think we still look at them and go, they're, still, they're not going to fall off earth here. We've seen them play without Drew Brees the last two years. They've been damn good without him. So, uh, but it, but they got some work to do here, and I expect Taysom Hill to still be the guy. I mean, don't you? And then maybe we'll see who comes in as a backup. Yeah, absolutely, and it's an attractive spot for a backup. It Very. was attractive in the recent years when it was Teddy Bridgewater, who was 5-0 and as the starter in 2019. It was attractive for Jameis Winston last year, and now with Breeze gone and Hill's got that bruising style, he turns 31 on August 23. Now, I know 31 is the new 21 as far as quarterbacks go, but when you're talking about a guy who likes to rumble, bumble, and stumble with the football and really is that bull in the china shop, when he takes off with the ball and people get out of his way, you still have the chance of injury. Remember, he tweaked his knee last year yeah, at some right. point and, and missed at least one game, if I recall correctly, and there's a chance I don't. But that backup spot, very valuable. There, 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 there's there's uh, reason to believe you're going to get a chance to play. And, and Sean Payton may want to trot you out from time to time. He likes to show off what he can do with his quarterbacks. It was Jameis Winston, not Taysom Hill, that threw that pass in the playoff game against the – who was it against? The, yeah, Buccaneers, the, Bear, the Buccaneers. The, the reprise, the, the, the homage to what the Bears did the prior week against the Saints, right. but the guy dropped the pass or it would have worked perfectly. It worked perfectly, but for the fact that the guy dropped the pass. They didn't drop the pass in the Saints game, and it was Winston that threw it. I'm told that they still want Winston, Chris. I would think so. But but they're lowballing him. They're lowballing right. him. Right. And, and it, they're not offering him, I'm told, much more than what they paid him last year. The question is, is someone else going to come along with enough of a financial package that squeezes the Saints to give more? Or will the Saints just say, go ahead, hey, via con Dios and, and enjoy your new, your new spot? Uh, you know, because I think there's, there's still an attraction to Winston another year in New Orleans, just like Teddy Bridgewater did, and look at where it led. Three years, $66 million contract. Yeah, the Panthers are done with him after a year, but st he still got paid. He did. He still got paid. Yeah. And the difference is Winston's made Winston's made number one overall pick money. Right. He got the $20 million a couple of years ago in his option year. So I don't know how motivated he is by chasing a, a payday, but um, you know, unless, I, unless there's a clear path to a starting job somewhere else, I don't know why he wouldn't stay put. Like, like, please. They, yeah, they're lowballing him. And what did he make last year, Mike? Five million? Was it like just north of that? I don't I even think it made that. It was low no. base and it was some incentives. Yeah, and maybe when you total it all up, eight. I think it was under five. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. I know. I can't remember off the top of my head either. But, I mean, I understand them lowballing low him. I, I get that. They know the situation. Sean Payton knows his own damn worth, too, as what he is as an offensive coach. And... Yeah, they're going to look at it like to what you said, Mike, and they're going to go, I mean, I got the teams in front of me right now. Who's going to bring Jameis Winston in as a starter? Who? I mean, maybe, I mean, Seattle? I don't, I mean, if, if they traded Russell Wilson, I don't, I don't know, but I, I just can't imagine anybody else out there is going to bring him in as a starter. So then you go to that next conversation. Okay, Jameis, you're not a starter. Now, where do you want to be a backup? Oh, okay, yeah. You, you really you want to go to some of these other teams and be a backup and, you know, be in a crappy offense or not have a great support system and do that? 
you know, that that to me, yeah, you're rolling the dice. I, I think they know Jameis Winston is chomping at the bit to want to be a starting quarterback again. Sean Payton's smart enough to realize his team's the best way to go for him to get to that route. And, I, I mean, I would be shocked. You know, I would be shocked. For Jameis Winston, just a guy who's sitting here watching his career, like I think we're both in agreement. You go back there. There's no doubt. You laid out all the reasons. Taysom Hill, the way he plays, everything like that. I mean, yeah, you're you're one play away from him lowering the shoulder against some linebacker, and you're playing four or five weeks, and you play good, you could be a starter that next season. So I, I expect Jameis to come back no matter what the price is. The Bears would be a potential option depending upon what they ultimately choose Risky. to do. Yeah. Last we heard 10 days ago, they were going to try to get Russell Wilson. If you go sign Jameis Winston, that probably makes it a little more difficult, and I think Winston's going to want to know what you know and 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 the contract is going to speak to what you think of the guy right how much you're offering him on the way in tells you whether he's pegged below the starting spot or whether you're handing him the keys and there's been nothing to suggest the bears plan to go after Jameis winston and 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 you know for the saints you, you look at the, the the free agent options that are out there alex smith is a backup i i, I don't I, who knows? I'm just, I'm just going to rattle off the names. Yeah, you tell me if any of them uh, I, I sure. catch your eye as potential backups to Taysom Hill. Right. Alex Smith, Jacoby Brissett, Mitchell Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, a guy you mentioned, yep. A.J. McCarron, Andy Dalton, Colt McCoy, RG3, and then you get down to the Matt Barkleys, Nate Sudfelds, Ryan Griffin, Joe Flacco's of the world. I, look, I, I, it's, it's, yeah, I, maybe Tyrod Taylor. Andy Dalton, it, Fitzpatrick, and Tyrod Taylor are the three guys I would say out of that list. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't. I can't imagine Mitchell Trubisky. He's not quite the polished, polished passer. They'd maybe be scared of him. Jacoby Brissett seems like he's maybe fit for a different offense altogether. I don't know. Those are the three names that sit, that ring out to me. That say like, hey, here's a backup, but. If we get if these if we get hurt or our starter gets hurt, these guys are plenty good with my offense to make things work, and that's where I think Andy. That's where I think Jameis Winston's going to have to look at that list too and go, wait, there there there's some decent backups here. I'm not exactly the crown jewel of free agency, and like a team like the Bears, they'd be crazy to take Jameis Winston. They'd both be crazy to take each other. I mean, the Bears, if that goes wrong the slightest bit, everybody's going to go, you brought Jameis Winston, the turnover king here. These guys can't evaluate quarterbacks. What the hell are they doing? We got to fire them. You know, and I would also go to Jameis Winston and go, what the hell is that offense showing you that you want to go there and play in that anyways? I got to see it to believe it first to know that offense is going to work. So I would say both of them stay away from each other and Jameis go back to New Orleans. Just remember this, though, Jameis Winston, to get back to where we started, 5,000-yard yep. passers, they're all Hall of Famers are on their way to the Hall of Fame because right. Mahomes has it too, and Roethlisberger has it, and he'll get there. Stafford? The one name. Matthew, well, <laughs> uh, well yeah, that's yeah, We got some work to uh, could do. Be. He's got a little meat could left be. We got some bones. work to do. Right. Got some work to do in <laughs> right. L.A., but, right. but, but at least the door's open for yeah. him. Right. There's Jameis Winston, eighth all-time, 5109. Only four guys have thrown for more yards in a single season than Winston, and they're Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger. So there is good there. Yeah. There is potential there. No doubt. And I think his best potential is going to be to stay in New Orleans. Speaking of guys staying put, the top running back on the market decides one day before the start of free agency, sort of, to stay where his career got started. We'll talk about Aaron Jones and the move to remain a Green Bay Packer when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. 
Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We definitely want want him back here. Uh, I know from especially from a coaching perspective, just you look at the production he's been able to do uh, produce over these last two years, uh, not only in the run game but in the pass game as well. And again, he's one of those guys, team first guy, always rooting for whether it's another runner like Jamal or AJ Dillon. Just. Uh, He's a selfless guy and, and has done so many great things. And he's a big reason why we've had so much success over the last two years. Matt LaFleur talking to Peter King about Aaron Jones. They didn't apply the franchise tag why? to Aaron Jones, which, well, well, I, I, I have a theory on that. Four-year deal was signed, or at least agreed to yesterday. $48 million base value, $13 million signing bonus no further details leaked yet which which suggests that there may be more to the story here look chris the the franchise tag ended up being because remember there was at one point we had numbers from spot rack or over the cap or something that said the franchise tag for running backs was going to be 11.1 it said no 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 right it's not going to be that high right and it ended up being under nine and i did the math yesterday for the packers to tag aaron jones twice it would have been 19 million total. Right. So if they're paying him more than 19 million over the next two years, why? You could have just tagged him this year. And if he got injured or didn't work out, you just don't tag him next year. You got AJ Dillon. You used a second round pick on a running back. Why would you do? So I think that, that when we see the final numbers, it will be that he got what he would have made over the next two years under the franchise tag. And right. the Packers get to keep the tag and use it elsewhere next year. They didn't use it on anyone this year, but they ha- and I haven't looked at their roster to see who they may want to use it on next year. Maybe there's no one next year either. But the, the, it, it would be stupid, frankly, for the Packers to pay more than $19 million over the next two years because they just could have done that with two years of tags on Aaron Jones. Well, I know. I, that's what I, th- I thought of right off the bat. And I'm, I'm going to be interested to see that. You know, when I see, a, you know, of course, a, a four-year, $48 million contract, the first thing I think of is, I mean, as we all know, that means nothing. And I would guess it was probably really a two-year, $24 million contract. So I know that's where I, I want to see. I mean, I, I'm best guessing it's going to be more than $19 million over two years. I, I, I actually I haven't confirmed this, but I heard it's it's 19 over two. Okay. I have heard that, okay. but I haven't. I want to see the numbers. I right. don't like passing, you know, because I criticize others for just rushing with sure. whatever they hear sure. and the numbers are wrong. I've heard preliminarily it's nine and a half average over the first two years, which makes it 19. But okay. We'll see what the official numbers are. Yeah. I mean, that'll make sense. I mean, it, I mean, it certainly will if, if that is the case. So I'll, I'll be interested to see that either way. And, you know, this is, you know, something that, that I talked about on my podcast last week when we got into free agency things and all that. I think even you and I had the conversation. I mean, there, there's, there's not a lot of home run hitters on the Green Bay Packer offense. There's not. You know, Devontae Adams, as good as he is, he's not a home run hitter. He a lot of doubles. That's what Devontae Adams is. You know, you know, eight-yard slant over the middle. You know, 15-yard in cut, he makes somebody miss and gets 22, 25 yards, something like that. You know, the, the, the occasional double move. But he's not a kind of guy that's going to fly, fly by people for 80-yard bombs or catch a slant and break seven tackles or run by people for 80-yard touchdowns either. They have Valdez Scantling who can take the top off the defense, okay? But other than that, there's really not a guy on their offense who, when they have the ball in their hand, you go, you give him a seam, watch out. And Aaron Jones is that guy. And especially for the offense they're running and all that, it's where, you know, I thought they would franchise tag him, to your point there, because of that, that you know, capability he brings to the offense. So good to see it. I'm happy for Aaron Rodgers that he's got a guy like that back. Now, Drew Rosenhaus went on the record with the announcement with the basic numbers, and he also said they were anticipating better offers 
from other teams in free agency, but Aaron Rodgers wanted to stay with the Packers. Frankly, that can't be Aaron Jones because it's right. Aaron Jones. Sorry, Aaron Jones would have been a bigger story if it was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Jones uh, was anticipating bigger offers elsewhere. And and look, here's the reality: they they, they knew what was behind door number two, three, four, whoever else was interested in him. They knew just because it doesn't start officially until noon today when you can have those negotiations, the negotiations happen. Drew Rosenhaus has been doing this 30 years. He's not going to accept the best offer that the Packers are making without knowing the best offers that others will make. And yes, it's tampering, but nobody cares. You know what's out there. The question is, is it accurate? that there were better offers out there. We were anticipating, well, no, you already have, you already know, you already know right. whether there are better offers. Were they truly better, or do you just say that? Because at the end of the day, we're going to look at this deal and we're going to say he's really getting $9.5 million per year over two years at a time when Christian McCaffrey's at 16 and Ezekiel Elliott's at 15. Alvin Kamara's at 15, but that's a phony back end that pumped it up to 15. It's really not 15. You got Derrick Henry at 12.5, Dalvin Cook at 12.5. You got Joe Mixon at 12. We got to find a way to get to 12. We at least got to get to Mixon. We at least got to be tied for sixth with Mixon. Um, but, you know, the other side of it too, Chris, uh, assuming that the other offers weren't better, and again, we'll never know. I, I firmly believe you're only going to get big money as a running back from the team that you became a star running back with, that, that a stranger is not going to give you a ton of money. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical that better offers would have been out there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you too. I mean, you know, like you said, you know, yeah, okay, you, you said Drew made the comment that, you know, they were expecting more of a, a marketplace or anything like that. Okay, yeah, but, but like really – who? Why? You know, we've seen. You, I mean, your point is very real. You've made it a lot over the last few weeks. You know, you don't see other running backs go to other teams and get huge contracts. That's very, very rare. And the names you mention, I mean, they have a difference, too, between Aaron Jones. You know, when you talk about McCaffrey, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, you know, even Ezekiel Elliott when he was signed, the teams were, at that point, formulated around the running game and what they do. So they have that aspect. And as good as Aaron Jones has been, you know, we know he's not you know, the guy that, that drives that ship there. It is number 12 at quarterback still. He's still the man. When you play Green Bay, teams are still game planning and going, wait, we got to worry about 12 and him throwing missiles and rockets all over the field. How are we going to stop that? That's the first thing people are doing. So Aaron Jones gets the benefit of that, let alone – I don't know, Mike. I mean, again, no disrespect to Aaron Jones. I love, I like him and I love his game, but I think that's about where he is. He's not Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. That's Those, to me, is a special group. Nick Chubb deserves to be in there. Of course, he's got the injury. Man, maybe even Kareem Hunt it, it deserves to be in that conversation, too. So uh, I think, really, they got it just right. I'm just interested to see the details like you've talked about. Yeah, I'll be surprised if it's more than nine and a half yeah. million average for two years. And if it's more than a commitment of two years with a team held option for year three and year four, like most of these running back deals are. We talked last week about Ezekiel Elliott's and the way it was negotiated. So you've got that that guarantee for the next year that vests this year. And it really does tie the two sides together for three years. That That's more of a rarity. Typically, these running back deals, you're tied to the guy for two years, and then the team has the option after that. All right. Aaron Jones, not the only member of a backfield to do a deal to stay put. The 49ers keeping their fullback. And the Texans did a trade with the Dolphins. Not, not It, it would have been segment one if it had been that one. More PFT Live right after this. Kyle Yuschik staying put with the San Francisco 49ers. It got a little dicey on Sunday morning because John Lynch, the 49ers GM, late Saturday night and all that that implies suggested that uh, that Kyle Yuschik was back. Agent Joe Linta went on the record and said, no, it's not done yet. They finally got it done. Five-year deal to keep Yuschik in San Francisco, Chris. Uh, that, that, that guy's such a key piece of that offense. I can't imagine the Kyle Shanahan offense without him. No, I mean, if it got dicey, I can promise you Kyle Shanahan was sweating it out for sure because th that is like one of those those secret guys about what makes that offense go other than, you know, the Kittles or the Ayuk or the Debo Samuel. 
you forget about Kyle Juszczyk. Like, oh, wait, we got to worry about the Shanahan run game, the reverses, the speed sweeps. Whoa, they can throw the ball to Kittle all the time. And then all of a sudden you look up and you go, whoa, who's this guy running down the sideline wide open? We forgot about him. He is a guy that can do so many different things for the offense. Fullback, another tight end. Man, you can put him in the slot as a receiver to a degree, and he can run certain routes there. So he is. He's got great versatility and really fits within that Shanahan system. Trent Williams up next Ooh. for the San Francisco 49ers. They would like to keep him the closer we get to noon Eastern on Monday the 15th. That's when you have to start wondering, is someone else going to swoop in? And just look around the depth charts. Look around the left tackle holes. The Chiefs could say, hey, Trent Williams, come on, let's go, let's go. We need a left tackle. The, the Colts, we, Anthony Costanza retired. Let's go, let's go. The Vikings cut Riley Reef. They were one of the teams trying to get Trent Williams last year when Washington was trading him. So right. Williams wants to get paid. The question is, is there somebody else out there willing to pay significantly more than a team in a state with a 13% state income tax? I know. It's going to be, and, and, you know, you look at, of course, some of the teams towards the top of the salary cap, you know, the the Blake Costanza, uh, Costanzo, right? He retired there. Uh, Anthony, excuse me. Uh, what he did there. I mean, Anthony there's Costanza. Uh, Anthony he Costanzo. Up. I know. Sorry about Ray that. Handley. But you also, yeah, you got some te Los Angeles Chargers, ton of money there. They got a franchise quarterback. There are plenty of teams that make sense. And I, I, I even, you know, again, look at, well, it's not going to happen. I was going to say Jacksonville. They got the rookie quarterback, but I forgot they franchised uh, my the big guy, the big left tackle there. But getting back to him regardless, I mean, that is number one. He's number one left tackle in football. He really is. He's unbelievable in all aspects, especially the run game. And I would think Shanahan and Lynch and company are desperately trying to get him back. But I, I, I would think he's asking for top one, two, or three paid tackles in football. By the way, a guy who popped up on the market last week unexpectedly, Kevin Zeitler. Chris, you had said, hey, this guy's still really yeah. good. The Ravens reportedly pounce on Zeitler with a three-year deal. So, you know, he instantly became free the moment he was cut. They didn't have to wait until noon Eastern today. Guys who get cut can be signed at any time. Guys with more than four years of experience, four or more years of experience. So Zeitler now a Raven. Ravens not sitting around. They're doing what they have to do to try to get better. No, I mean, this is what the Ravens do, right? Like, let's start the calendar. Here goes the pillaging of the biggest, baddest dudes on the planet going to the Ravens. It's every year. It's like, oh, there's a there's a monster strong free agent out there. Well, put let the let's put the Ravens on the list. Makes a lot of sense. They need some help in that interior part of their own line. Except when it's Earl Thomas, it makes sense. We're gonna take a break. <laughs> what happened while Chris Sims was on his three day weekend? We'll do that next here on PF Slot. You're funny. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 